Welcome to People Mobilisation Insights, a podcast produced for the University of Southern Queensland's Master of Business Administration. I'm Dr. Daniel Maddock, a digital pedagogy and media specialist and part of the MBA design team. In this podcast series, we talk to leaders from a variety of industries about how to harness the power of your most important resource, people, mobilising them in line with the organisation's values towards success. These interviews were recorded via the internet, so please keep this in mind as you listen to this episode. Nia Yari Giam, Jagenba, Na Gayabu, Yarrawa Peoples, Nia Toowoomba. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Giabul and Yarrawa peoples in a place called Toowoomba. Our guest for this episode has over 20 years' experience in human resources. She's worked in change management consulting on transformational projects such as energy, resources, tertiary and public sector engagements, and for Deloitte in human capital. She has also held human resources roles with Suncorp and the Australian Government. As the Chief People Officer for Heritage Bank, Margot Dewar is responsible for the bank's overall human resources strategy, leading this function across recruitment, learning and development, employee relations, health and safety, organisational development and change management. Margot Dewar, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Margot, you work at the Heritage Bank. Can you tell us a little bit about the organisation? Yeah, sure. So Heritage Bank is a mutual, so we are a member-owned organisation. We have a proud 147-year history and I guess for us we are incredibly passionate about the communities in which we operate and making sure that we live our mutuality and supporting our members. So we are, I guess, for all intents and purposes, a retail bank. We provide the standard retail banking products you'd expect to see, but at our core is making sure that we have that connection to our community and that we provide our members with that very much, um, yeah, I guess that, that best product opportunity to support them. Now, you've been in HR roles for a while in different organisations. What led you to Heritage and to building your career the way you have? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I guess for me, I had worked in other banks and I have worked in a variety of other sectors. And when I joined Heritage, I loved the size and scale of it. Um, We're now at 900 people. When I joined, we were a little over 700. Um, And there's something, I think, really genuine about working in an organisation of that size and scale. So I was certainly attracted to that, where you've got an opportunity to have impact and influence. And when you work in HR, to be really connected to people across the organisation that you work in. And for me, I, I guess I'm a HR generalist by trade. I've worked in a variety of HR roles. And so as I've then worked my way through to HR leadership positions, it's enabled me to sort of have knowledge of all the different facets and aspects of, of our trade. Now, today we're talking about staff mobilisation. Can you take the listeners through how you understand that topic? Yeah, look, and it's, it's a really interesting um, topic because for me, um, mobilisation probably most resonates when I think of employee motivation and engagement and how you connect with the hearts and minds of your team and how you can create, I guess, that coalition of the willing amongst your workforce. Um, and that's probably the lens that I primarily think through when we talk about in, um, staff mobilisation, that it's sort of through that lens, I, I also think there's aspects of mobilisation when you think about um, career pathways and talent management. But for me, primarily, I consider it through that lens of, of engagement and motivation. And do you see that particularly keenly because of your HR position? 
Yeah, I, I probably see it not just in my HR position, but I think it's leadership. I think when you are a people leader and in any business, in any sector, you are only as good as your team and your business will only perform as well as each individual in your business performs. So to be the best business, to get the best results, you need a really great uh, engagement and commitment from your team to achieve there. So, yeah, in answer to your question, for me that probably means more as a, as a leader and a person in business rather than as a, as a HR practitioner. Now, if you're only as good as your team, how do you get a good team? <laughs> um, well, I think um, there's lots of different answers to that question. I guess it starts with obviously hiring well. I think that's a really important aspect of it. So if you've got an opportunity to craft and curate a team from scratch, that's really where it begins. It's it's hiring for fit. It's hiring for potential. It's hiring for values alignment. It's hiring for behaviours that that you want to see. If you inherit a team, it's it's obviously as a leader, it's a different challenge because you've got your team then and you've got to work with the pieces of the puzzle. But I I think sometimes what we can do is we can overcomplicate it, right? Um, At the end of the day, we're all humans and you start with a very human connection based on respect, based on understanding purpose, understanding people's needs and aspirations and working with those pieces of the puzzle to get alignment to what you're trying to achieve through business. So I think that's the starting block and then there's so many different things you can add on top of it. But I think if you start from those two positions, either creating a team from scratch or whether you inherit a team, but remembering the team is made up of humans and treat people as humans first, you're probably starting out well. Well, you're definitely in the right part of the business in that case. In terms of people mobilization, we're talking about hiring well, but often we have to create teams for certain projects uh, in businesses um, and decide on what structure those teams should be. How does that relate to mobilization? I think that's one of the really exciting opportunities that you get in business is when you've got to pull an ad hoc team together to work on a project. Because generally, you don't have people in your business who are experts in project delivery, right? Like you've got people in your business who are experts in their in their core role. They're experts in serving customers or they're experts in fixing things or they're experts um, in resolving problems. But when it comes time to do a project or a process improvement piece of work, that's not necessarily their, their craft, their, their trade. So when you've got to pull people together to deliver that work, you've got this great opportunity to... Um, take people from all sorts of diverse roles, diverse disciplines, diverse backgrounds, and get them to focus on solving a core and common problem together. So for leaders that are tasked with that challenge, I think the big thing to remember is you don't ever have to be a subject matter expert to do excellent work. You've got to lean on people's ability to understand the problem at hand and that through their diverse experience when they work together, they've probably got the right skills that they need to solve that problem or to work on that process improvement or to implement that project. But you've got to, you've got to I guess, create that space and give them that direction to, to help them come together and, and do that work. Do you often have to get everybody on board with, you know, a, a brave heart speech? Do we have to lift their spirits and make sure that we're all powerful and ready to go? 
<laughs> yeah, look, everyone's got a different leadership style in, in how they how they do that, and I, you know, I think you can sometimes, you know, you, do, you never want to oversell something, right? You've always got to be genuine about what's at hand, and and I think sometimes you can really lose people in those brave heart speech moments because sometimes it's just going to be bloody hard work and you've got to acknowledge that it is going to be really hard work and we're going to stump our toes and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn from it. So I, I, I do sort of think that being genuine in those brave heart speech moments is important. Um, but for me, I, I probably lean on a phrase that I came across when I was doing some work in change management and that's being really clear on pain of problem and hope of the future. And I think that helps really nicely frame for people why we've got to do what we've got to do and where we're going. So it sucks being here. This is what's going wrong. This is what's breaking. These are the risks that we're facing. Um, this is the impact it's having on our customer. We don't, we don't want to stay here. Let's everyone agree that we understand that and, and we're focused on getting out of here. And then well, where do we want to go? What's the hope of the future? What are we going to build towards? And I, I think just sort of breaking those into those distinctions can help people from, you know, any sort of discipline get their head around what we're trying to solve and how we're going to move forward. But I do think genuineness throughout those, those moments is really important. Margot, you've shared a lot of really good tips for people mobilisation and strategy. Can you share some experience uh, about people mobilisation in your career? So there's probably a couple of examples that I, I think through. I mean, obviously, in my career, I've, I've had an opportunity to work on a number of different sort of change programs where we've gone through and brought in new systems, new process improvements, new products and, and new ways of doing things. And I I guess for me, that's um, they've always been really rich experiences and no matter how many times you do it, you still learn and figure out ways to do it better next time. The other day I was reflecting on a colleague just around how important it is to get communication right throughout a process like this. And whilst we thought we'd been really clear on three key messages, only one had been heard. The other two just weren't getting heard throughout the program. And for me, that was a really good reflection of going, gosh, that is just so important. Keep messages simple, keep them consistent and keep them kind of um, front of mind as you work through these change programs and um, these pieces of work. Probably the other um, recent example that we had that um, was, was, again, great experience to, to work on was we launched a workplace giving program. So in our business, we are, I spoke earlier, we're incredibly community-minded. Um, people that work with us tend to be attracted to uh, connection purpose and, and working for organisations that have those strong community values and we implemented a workplace giving program to raise funds for our charitable foundation. And um, it probably didn't perform as well as we wanted it to initially and we had to go back and recast that program and launch it. And in doing that, we were able to sort of achieve a 61% increase in contributions to that uh, charitable foundation trust through workplace giving. And the levers that we pulled in doing that was, again, through comms, through breaking it down into simple, achievable um, steps, connecting with purpose and showing really clear examples around what the Charitable Foundation had the potential to do, who were the organisations that Charitable Foundation had the potential to help, and consistency um, as, as we went through it. So 
that that I think was a, a great example of how in a short period of time we, we turned that around, but we had to be deliberate in in how we did it. We just putting it out there and assuming goodwill would get us there wasn't wasn't enough. It needed that deliberate strategy. I really like that phrase, connecting with purpose. Is that something that has come from Heritage Bank or have you used that throughout your career? I've probably used that throughout my career. I find that I really um, love working with organisations that are very clear on vision, that are very clear on values. And as a HR practitioner, I sort of feel like you strike the the lottery when you join an organisation that has a very strong and really clear sense of who they are and who they want to be because values are such an important tool as a HR practitioner. You can celebrate them, you can coach them, you can use them um, to reward, to recognise, but also to sort of bring things back on track when they go when they go off track. And if you have a genuine connection with where your organisation's going, with their vision, with the values that they live and breathe, it just seems to work, has been my experience. It just seems to help you get alignment across your people systems. Then when you hire, you consider that as part of your talent acquisition strategy. You're explicit in why work here. Why work here? Well, because we're an organisation that bluff and you've got that really clear pitch on vision, mission, values, alignment. People will self-select in or they'll self-select out. They'll, they'll, they'll know that this is a place where they'll thrive or that doesn't really resonate with them and they're actually quite turned off by it and they'll look for another organisation. And, and that's gold because that makes it really, when we spoke about earlier, building a team, that means you're already in front from day one that you've got people that want to be there and they want to be there because they've got that connection with purpose. And that's I found that to be really powerful. And you're also using the the term, the word genuine too. And, and that's often we, we work at organisations that will have the, the triptych statement of whatever it is, respect and, you know, usually integrity in there, something like that. Um, the, the values are there, but, but the key is that they're not just a poster, right? Mm, 100%. And you can feel it, right? You'll go into organisations and they'll have beautiful values stuck on a poster on a wall yet they celebrate behaviours that don't have anything to do with that. And you sit there and you look at it and you go, well, that's just a pretty poster. Um, I don't think I want to work somewhere when it's just a pretty poster. I want to work somewhere where behaviours are celebrated because they align with values. We've come to the end of the discussion today, Margot, and look, thank you very much for everything that you've shared. But I wonder if there's one piece of advice you could give to our students when they graduate, if they move into a leadership role, what sort of thing do they really need to apply when they're thinking about people mobilisation and understanding uh, their staff? Uh, Don't overcomplicate it. Understand your team, have respect for human and be clear in your communications. I, I think that's probably something that you see when people do it really well. It's natural, it's easy. They have a genuine understanding of the people that they're leading and what matters to them. When it's not done well, it'll be overcomplicated, it'll be too, you know, too structured, lost in messages, not not resonating with the people that they're they're trying to lead. So yeah, I think be if if you find yourself in a leadership role, remember you're leading humans. <laughs> that's great. That's that's wonderful. I really like that because you know, you're right. There there is a lot of politics and structure, especially in the bigger the meeting gets, the more people that are on board, the more obtuse the language becomes 
Uh, and you're saying, and, and it's perfect for you and your role and your experience, you're saying it's really about being genuine, having a conversation with a person, trying to understand each other and trying to understand how you can work together to move forward rather than making it some complicated framework that's 10,000 words long. Correct. Yeah, correct. I, I think a lot of intent gets lost just through poor communication and and having that ability to connect and, and be clear in messages, check the understanding, you know. You can say the same thing to five different people and they're going to walk away with five different impressions of it. So, yeah, leaning on that connection and understanding is really important. Yeah, let's summarise, just be a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Treat people well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not complicated, is it? Margot Dewar, thanks very much for your time on the show today. Pleasure. Take care. Information about our guests can always be found in the podcast show notes in your podcast app or on the course site. This has been a University of Southern Queensland podcast.